0: Hey, guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? I'm at another great Minnesota Made business here. By the name of KE, the beautiful Melanie LaRue is co-hosting with me. Now, Melanie, please pronounce that (laughs) name for me. okay?
1: Knobelsdorf. Enterprises. Enterprises.
0: All right, very good. And across the table from me is the CEO slash president, Carl. How you doing, Carl?
2: I am doing great. How are you guys this morning?
0: Good, good. Thank you. And Jason, my uh, my doppelganger. <laughs> Not only do we have the first name, but we dress very similar.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Jason Thompson. Correct. And the C O O. Yes, sir. All right, awesome. So we went on a little tour and uh, heard some stories. And, um, you know, a couple of interesting things is I've interviewed other e- commercial electro- electrical contractors before, but I've never seen them build panels, the actual electrical panels. So I found that interesting. And uh, a couple of stories regarding how much you guys have grown as of recent. So let's take it from the beginning. When did KE start <laughs> and uh, Noble
1: Storf Enterprises Yeah
0: when, when, when did the when did the business start and um what were the early days like uh, I'll let you take that Carl
2: Yeah so started in 1988 in uh, Goodhue, Minnesota. My dad Jurgen started the company with his wife Shar and uh, they started out of their garage with uh, one van and a couple of accounts and and uh, started starting an electrical contracting company.
0: And uh, were you born back then?
2: I was three. I was you born in three?
0: 1985. Okay. So, what was the motivation behind starting the business? Do you know? Did he was he working as an electrical contractor someplace? He, he
2: that- was. Yeah, he was working for an electrical contractor, and just always was the one getting the calls from the, the customer. Right. Oh, and I yeah, think yeah. had had motivation to uh, start a company at some point, and uh, that that helped drive it. Of always being the one to get the calls, and yeah. somebody at one of the factories, is like you know we're always calling you anyway. Why don't you just start a business? And I think that's right. that's kind of what got it going for him. And, mm-hmm. and then it was just good service and dedication. And. Yeah, great. I, I think a lot of businesses start that way. I mean,
0: they're in the field somehow working for somebody as an employee, and they just figure, well, I, I can do this on my own. You know, it, it, was he always focused on the commercial side of things?
2: Um, at first, it was a lot of industrial work inside manufacturing plants and processing facilities. Um, but we—he did everything, right? He okay. didn't turn anything down. So, did residential, did agriculture, commercial, industrial, a yeah. little, any anything. He, he was a—he was a worker. You'd be pretty tough still today to outwork him. I mean, right. he's sixty-some years old and up at four thirty and just go all wow. day long.
1: Yeah. Ah, so that's where you got your diligent work ethic from
2: probably where I got some of my drive. I mean, grow, growing up, you worked, right? It, it, we didn't go on a lot of vacations. We did a lot of fun stuff together, but it was we yeah. were a working family. I mean, mm-hmm. grew up in an agriculture community, so that's kind of born into that uh, that life of make hay while the sun shines. So yeah,
0: and you're from the Goodhue area, is that right?
2: Goodhue, yeah, we're about yeah. an hour south of the Twin Cities.
0: All right. So uh, the early days, how old were you when you started getting involved, helping out in the business? Would you say?
2: Now, I was out in the shop sweeping floors and putting parts away from seven, eight years old. Right. right. I, I lived to go with, to work and, you know, whatever that was, ride along, go on service calls. I can remember going on service calls on weekends and nights and just being excited to be out on a job site and then getting into the factories and I would go, we'd always do a lot of shutdown work. So holidays, a lot of shutdowns inside of plants, weekends and yeah. uh, kind of yeah. getting, getting picked on because I, I mean, I looked probably 11, you know, <laughs> even when I was 13, 14 years old <laughs> and sure. hard hat, drowning in a hard hat and vest and Trying to Cute. Work, a, work a shutdown. But.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love That's it.
2: Good memories. You have siblings? Were they involved at all? I have one sister. Uh, she was not involved with the business. but Okay. Yeah. And what,
0: did you always have that in your mind? Like, this is what I'm going to do once I graduate high school?
2: Not at all. Oh. I didn't think, I, as I started to get older, I wanted nothing to do with the business and <laughs> uh, got involved. really. Got into riding dirt bikes and worked mm. uh, full-time as a diesel mechanic, actually. So my sophomore, junior, senior year, I uh, worked nights at a uh, mechanic shop. Mm. So what changed your mind? Why did you come work for the
0: family business?
2: Um, I was traveling, riding dirt bikes. Uh, traveled across the country. We would do intermissions at uh, PRC rodeos and monster truck shows. And mm. we got paid 1000 bucks a weekend to ride a dirt bike for 30 minutes. Were you like a trick rider or it was something? great. Yeah, we did freestyle motocross.
1: I've seen those shows. That
2: that was a lot of fun, but just got sick of being gone and and, uh, came back home and farmed for a little while, worked for a custom farmer. And then uh, Jurgen, my dad, hit me up and said, hey, I need help uh, at one of these factories. And so I started running conduit at uh, Hearth and Home Technologies down in uh, Lake City. Mm. It's kind of where it all started. Came back into the business.
0: So you're the man in charge now. When did that take place?
2: Uh, That happened
0: in 2008. 2008. And at that time, how many employees were
2: there? Uh, we had three. So Shane, Brandon, myself, and then my mom and dad. So total of five, but three non, two other non family employees. So.
0: And uh, how many employees do you have now?
2: 250 roughly.
0: Wow, that's amazing. What do you contribute that growth to?
2: Good people, good service, great customers. So good people attract good people. That that's kind of our our motto. We we yeah. hire and and uh, retain great people, and they recommend more good people. And it's just no. I hear it's uh
0: the 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 labor market right now is pretty difficult finding people. Would you agree with that statement or not necessarily?
2: Um, it, it's a tight market, definitely. But uh, again, you go back to good people want to work with good people. So it yeah. uh, our our team does a great job of attracting top talent from across the country.
1: I can tell because so many of your people commute an hour or more just to work here where, I mean, there's a lot of places in between here and there.
2: There, there's a lot of options. You know, you can you can go get a job about anywhere right now. Everybody's right,
1: mm-hmm. right. So for people to drive so far just to work for you, that says a lot.
2: We get a lot of people that'll come into the office and they see everybody interacting and in, in just that environment, and they they leave and they'll contact you. They're like, we've never been around something like that, right? It's just awesome the way. Yeah,
1: you have are. a great vibe.
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So and, yeah. and we like to have fun at work, right? If you're not having fun, we're doing it wrong. So right. Are you union? No, we're non-union. Marriage job. Yep.
0: Do you feel like it's a benefit or is that uh, kind of a, a, a handicap in
2: a way? I think no. it's a benefit for benefit? us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: A quick message from our sponsors. This podcast was brought to you by Minnesota Risk Partners, specializing in risk management and insurance services for Minnesota-based companies. Check them out at minnesotariskpartners.com.
0: All right. Let's go over to my brother. I never knew I had. Uh, Jason Thompson, <laughs> the COO. <laughs> Jason, how long have you been involved in the business and what's your role here?
3: So I am the COO, as you mentioned. I formally joined KE in April of this year. I've known Carl for probably coming up on 15 years now. You know, as I was chatting with you guys earlier, we kind of were a couple of goons out in the field together side by side 15 years ago. And I spent a lot of time working with his dad, spent a lot of time working with Shane and Brandon, who he mentioned. I for a while there I was invited to the KE uh annual golf outing, which was like six people. <laughs> and I remember the first time Carl invited me, I said, Well, isn't this a kind of a KE company thing? Yeah. <laughs> and I show up and I'm the only non-KE employee, but there was only six people anyway, so it didn't really matter, you know. But uh we had a lot of fun back then. And and Carl and I probably literally, I I'd, I'd say 10 years ago at least, we started talking about Someday I'm gonna. We're gonna do this. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work together. And you know, we always just said when it's right, it's right. It'll happen. And really seriously, probably a, a couple of years ago, and kind of kept revisiting that. And I'd get a text from him every couple of months uh, saying, yeah. "What are you What are you thinking? Where's your head at? You know, when <laughs> yeah. When are you starting? When are you starting? Got an office ready for you. Sometimes uh-huh. it'd be a picture of an empty office saying <laughs> it's ready for you. And uh, so he's you know, persistent. Uh, yeah, he's pretty yeah. persistent. Yeah. And I always wanted to. I always thought you know. I knew how much fun they had in that office. I, I mean, I was a, I, I was a customer and a vendor kind of at the same time. We had yeah. this vendor customer relationship for years. We used those guys in my past life and he used us. So it went back and forth. So I always saw how much fun they had. I mean, I, I stopped down to visit one day and somehow I made a, a marketing video that uh, Megan had put together. And all of a sudden I'm looking online. I'm like, well, that's, that's me. Somehow I'm in this video. And uh, <laughs> before you started, working yeah, here. before I started working yeah, there, cause but you're so good looking, I, I don't think that's what it is, but <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that compliment.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I was told that you kind of look like me. so I well, yeah. have a little more yeah. hair.
3: But,
2: um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you've been here since April, and COO, how, how has that role been? I think you came from the, uh, I don't know, inspection side of things, <clears throat> right? You're inspecting large electrical panels and equipment and that mm-hmm. type of and thing. Testing. And testing. And testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not doing that so much right now. You're just more on the operations side of the business.
3: Correct. Yep. Yeah.
0: And how has that shift been for you, that transition? Has it been smooth and easy? Been a yeah,
3: in my past life, where I came from, I, I served as a vice president of operations. So I had okay. kind of, I started in the field, uh, very similar to how he was. I was, you know, turning wrenches for years and I was a road warrior, 60, 70,000 miles of driving a year. Mm. Wow. Um. And did that for quite a while, and thank the Lord for a very patient wife that I have. <laughs> uh, God bless her soul. That's not easy when you travel that much. And I always knew I kind of wanted to reel back from that role a little bit and move into the management side of it and operations. Yeah. But I also felt that it was necessary part of managing operations to actually do the work for a while. Mm-hmm. That that was just my personal take on it. Yeah, so, knowledge
1: from experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: exactly. Um, it's very difficult for me to make decisions that impact our people when I couldn't empathize with what that
1: right. Result. Just based on theory mm-hmm. versus actually knowing.
3: correct. And actually, my my career started in sales. I, I went to to the University of Wisconsin to be an engineer, graduated as an electrical engineer, started in sales, and actually left sales because i uh, i didn't I didn't feel like an engineer. Right. And that was actually criticized quite a bit. People said, You're taking a step backwards. You're you're going to be a wrench turner. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, looking back on that, it was the best decision I ever made in my life because all that practical It was actually a compliment calling you a wrench turner. I I'll thought I, it is, honestly. honestly well. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there are people that choose not to use that word in a positive fashion, but I completely agree with Carl and mm. best decision I made, it's propelled me to where I am. And the transition to KE is uh, you know, been been very smooth uh, where he's at, at from a business perspective. I've got a lot of experience, um, you know, with, with the necessary changes that are needed and mm. the direction he's trying to take it. And like I mentioned to you earlier, somebody's got to reel this guy in. So that's <laughs> yeah,
0: He's got a lot of ideas, doesn't he? Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Some are good. So I have a,
0: a similar story. I used to be a doctor of chiropractic, right? And went through all that college and training and passed all the boards and opened up practices and did all that. And then I decided, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> I, I, I got my insurance license and opened up an insurance agency instead, and it's it's a much better fit. But I had the same, I guess, uh, impression on people and like, what you're going backwards, dude? Like, what what are you what are you thinking? But so kudos to you. That takes some uh, uh, bravery to to make a switch like that. I feel like you know. Mm-hmm. So I get the feeling that Carl is uh, pretty humble and he doesn't like to talk about himself too much. So (laughs) if you could tell that story about uh, him passing or having to take that, uh, master electrician license examination for the state of Texas and,
1: uh, right after surgery.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, can you, can you tell that story a little bit? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He'll have to fill in the details a little bit, but yeah, Carl's not the, I mean, he is one of the sharpest individuals I've ever met and, uh, we needed him to pass his his Texas master's license. How many states do you hold it in actively? A master's license, eight, I think. Eight okay, so you know sometimes it's part of the job. It's a requirement of getting additional work, and you know he's got the the skill set to do it well. How'd that work? You you were uh, you had your appendix burst. Yeah, well, I hadn't taken a test uh, test for a while. I think I got my
2: first master's was Minnesota when I was twenty and uh, then I got to Wisconsin and reciprocated for a few others and just hadn't had to take a test. I'd been hiring people that had licenses in lots of different states, so it kept me from having to take more. And uh, So I had this Texas license coming up. Hey, we had this big job in Texas, need to get a license. I'm like, I'll go take that one, right? Had scheduled it and was ready to go down. My sister lives in Texas, so I had it planned out. I was going to stop and see her and my goddaughter, spend a day with them, go take my test, go see a customer and some additional work. And then, two week, it was almost two weeks before, wake up in the night. I'm like, God, something doesn't feel right. And I'll end up being (laughs) my appendix, drive myself to uh, the doctor. And I, you know, walk in and tell him, I think my appendix a horrible drive, isn't it? That was not fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had mine burst as well. That is not a good drive. Did uh, yours burst before the drive or after?
2: It it didn't burst. They got it out before it burst. Oh, okay. That's good. yeah. Whatever they call it. And yeah. That's so painful. Get get my appendix out that morning. And then I think it was the next week, flew to Texas, and the doctor's like, hey, you, you can't fly anywhere. You can't, you know. Oh my yeah. God. Can't be that bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> flew to Texas, felt fine.
3: Yeah. Like, uh, took my test. But if I do fly, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if I have to go somewhere, am I gonna die? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's always calculated risk. Correct.
0: Right. So were you always good at academics? You know, you told me a little bit about your history and uh, doing the dirt bike thing and and diesel mechanic. I never heard the story of going to uh, MIT and uh, (laughs) and getting an engineering degree. So, you know, electrical, getting your master's electrician license at age 20. Is academics always been an easy thing for you or how, how does that happen?
2: Yeah, I, I dislike school very, very much. I'm a high school graduate. That's all the education that I have or, okay. or needed, I guess. But when I was in school, I was I was made fun of. I can still to this day remember a guidance counselor telling me I would never amount to anything because I wasn't going to college. And I was mm-hmm. just kind of laughed at that. And I'm like, I can outwork you and everybody else. Well, I'll be fine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. never never went to college. Just I I didn't like I don't know. Just school wasn't for me. I, I love to work and uh, have fun and. Yeah, Taught it myself. seems you
1: might be doing a little bit better than the average uh, guidance counselor in a high school right now.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going. I'm doing all
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, but you know, grades. Otherwise, were you an A student in high school? No, no. Uh,
2: not. I mean, uh, I'd get B. I don't think I got a lot of C's, but B's, B's, B's. I'd get a few
0: A's. And right. uh, the electrical piece of things is just kind of a natural fit for you. You think? Yeah,
2: that came easy. Some, somewhat easy. You know, yeah. I. Yeah. uh I went, my senior year, I went to Dakota County Technical College, so I didn't actually go to high school my senior year, and it was oh. nice because I only had to go, it was like class from 6.30 till noon, and then I didn't have to do any of the shop classes because I was already working for a diesel mechanic, so I oh. got the professor, I'm like, well, I'm already taking this stuff apart, I'm getting paid for it, can yeah. I just bring all my work orders in and that'll cover for my class? He's like, ah, absolutely, I'll make you it
0: <laughs> That's
2: smart. So did that, and uh, yeah, most of my electrical knowledge came from on the job training mm-hmm. in the field, working alongside other people as I was growing up. And then I did a lot of online stuff and uh, took a couple of classes with uh, John Sunday, Sunday school. That was learned a lot from that. And then it was just on the job trial and error. I always had a figure it out mindset. I mean, I taught myself how to do a lot of stuff from YouTube.
1: Really? So
2: you remember back in the, in, in the days with Brandon and Shane of I'd get ourselves into, ah, oh, we could do that. You know, I'd never, I'm not good at saying no. I say, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Yep. We've done that. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, crap we got to figure this out so, <laughs> so then we you know figure it out at night right after work i would be online trying to figure out how to splice fiber cables or medium voltage right. cables or what, whatever new kind of segment we were going to get into or how to test or program a plc or mm. and then we'd go do it and you'd do it and like, oh, that was easy what's next so that's kind of where our, our gsd yeah. get shit done kind of yeah. attitude and mentality it comes from is <laughs> we'll figure it out there's always there's always a way
3: you know, G-
0: GSD is not on your business card, is
3: it? it it's not. <laughs> but it probably would be on new ones. No,
0: that'd be a good T-shirt. It, yeah.
3: it, it actually is on a lot of the new new hard hats and, yeah, and yeah. business cards and trucks. There's vehicles that that have the GSD stamp on it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a That's keep awesome. it simple. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, what do you guys offer now? It sounds like not only are you a commercial electrical contractor, but you have an engineering side of it, and you have a I don't know solar panel sustainable energy side of things. Is that right? And uh, since you took over the business, what has been that progression in, in as far as
2: expanding into those other areas? So what we like to say we provide is is a better experience than anybody else can provide you right so it, it for us, it's all about the experience we can provide our customer um and just have it be that seamless flawless they they want more right? They get done with the project and they're like, we want you guys back okay. um when we started and as I was growing the business, we never advertised never we spent zero dollars on marketing. it was all referrals. So nice. we'd, we'd do a job for somebody. They, they had a good experience. They'd bring you back for another job. You'd meet somebody new. They'd take you to another facility. And that's, I mean, that's that that up. that's how we grew. So it was, I always enjoyed the industrial side of the, of the business, working inside flour mills, feed mills, food processing plants, manufacturing plants, seeing how stuff was made was always really cool. And that got us right. into the automation world. So we were an electrical contractor doing pipe and wire, right? So motors, instrumentation, lights, receptacles, you name it. We did it inside a processing facility. What goes along with that is PLC and SCADA systems. So it's the computer system that's running the plant that interfaces with all the stuff we're wiring. Mm. Um, and we really started to get interested in that, and I really enjoyed that. So we started offering those services as well. Wow. And then that kind of grew, and uh, that's that's when really good customer uh, that uh, we did a project. We used to never travel either, so all of our work was within a 30-minute drive of our office. Mm. and. I mean, that used to just be normal. God, you, you couldn't go to the cities. You couldn't go to Rochester. That was too far away. Well, pretty soon you start, you know, those good customers that you service that keep coming back and want more. They've got other facilities and they want you to go farther. So, of course, sure. I don't say no. So, yeah, sure. We'll go to Winona and look at a project. Yeah. Texas. Yeah, Texas. Last year we worked <laughs> in 17 states or 18 states. You know, customers drag you all over the country. Not because we didn't, never really had aspirations to, oh, I'm going to work in all 50 states. It was just, the customer wants you to go somewhere. You go there. Yeah. Jason, can you kind of give me a list of
0: some of the services that you offer? Like to a, if, if there's, I don't know, a potential client listening, why should they call KE? Not only just because you guys do great work, but what is it that you guys exactly provide as far as services available? He mentioned a couple of things.
3: There, did he miss anything? To Carl's point, there's very little we we won't won't do. Won't do. Okay. And Carl, I mean, having been in the business for as long as he has, has developed partner relationships with so many other uh, businesses out there, whether it's mechanical services, other engineering services. And we really do a great job of managing those relationships. So if we can't self-perform something, we'll partner with people that we know provide the exact same quality of service to our customers, sometimes often even they'll wear a Knoeblesdorf shirt if if that's what it takes to to get them on board. But those are the types of relationships. So when you're looking from a fundamental electrical contractor standpoint, I mean every the pipe and wire side of it's the simplest way to look at it. But as Carl said, you expand into the automation, the automation end of it. You get over into the, the energy uh, portion of it and and we function at every level there too so if we're you guys have driven by you've seen all the solar installations that are going on in minnesota yeah uh, minnesota led the country I, i'm not sure where it is this year but there were a couple of years where it was number one in the country for megawatt installation wow. and you know carl looked at that as a great opportunity you got customers that call can you guys do this yep huh. and then once you know Contracts written, you you pull the team together and you say, okay, guys, we got to figure this out. How are yeah. we going to do this? And we do it at every level. So, are we the general contractor? Are we working for somebody else? Are are we doing just this tiny little portion of it? We'll, yes, well, <laughs> yes, and, and we do that at every yeah. single level. So. There are times when when we are serving as a general and we'll have to subcontract out certain services that we don't do concrete work we don't have you know cement trucks so but we have those partnerships and and uh, so there's very little that we can't do from that perspective and and we have been engineer of record on projects, a general contractor, like I said, and when you function in that role you you basically do it all customers yeah. coming to you so yeah. if something's not working, they don't go to the sub it, it's on you sure. to figure it out, so got a hell of a project management. Team, we try to do as much prep and planning up front. Continuing to grow the team, and and that's really, I think, where where we find our success. So,
2: yeah, three three years ago, you know, we just were under the brand of Kenobel Store Electric, right? But we were doing so much more. So, uh, re- kind of rebranded the company into three businesses to help better, you know, portray what we do not only to our customers but for prospective employees. Uh, mm-hmm. It was hard to hire right. engineers to come work for an electrical contracting company because they're like, oh, it's, we're, a confusing. We're, it's confusing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so now we have our uh, Knoebelsdorf Electric, Knoebelsdorf Engineering, and then Knoebelsdorf Energy. So on the electrical side, it's traditional design build electrical contracting. So we're traveling across the country. We do a ton of work in Minnesota, but also you know across the country, coast to coast, doing electrical installs for industrial facilities mainly. So okay. grain feed, flour, petrochemical, food processing are kind of our target markets. And we've got customers that, you know, again, drag us all over the country for that work. And then our engineering group works with those same group of customers, really, and we do control systems engineering, PLC programming, SCADA development, IOT-type work, and then uh, we also do panel building. So we got a UL 508 698 panel shop that's building industrial control panels for those projects or for other OEMs, and then electrical engineering. So doing uh, BIM, Revit modeling for our electrical construction company, and then just traditional electrical engineering uh, for our customers. And the energy group is doing uh, primarily solar work in kind of the Midwest region. started in Minnesota, and that group started um, because we had a developer that reached out to us or another EPC that needed some medium voltage work done. And we did a lot of that self-taught on the electrical side, Mm. and Excel recommended us to this developer because they needed some uh, 15 kV poles built. Came out, built some poles on the solar site for him. And they're like, Oh, that was you guys did a great job. What else would you like to do? You know, what else do you want us to do? And we were kind of watching the construction <laughs> go on. And we said, Well, we could do all the underground work for you on the next one and all the AC and DC wiring. And so we did another job for him. And they're like, God, that, that was really good. What else do you want to do? And I've been watching the racking guys uh, build the structural rack and set modules. I'm like, Well, we can we can do that. That looks pretty easy. So the next job, we kind of did everything for him. And then the developers seeing this and they're like, I mean, I don't know why we're using this EPC. You guys are doing all the work. Would you like to work direct for us? Like, well, Well, let me talk to who we're working for because that's that's not how we do business, right? I'm going to bite the hand that feeds us. Talk to that EPC and they're like, yeah, we're kind of going to get out of this uh, community solar market. You guys go right ahead. Hmm. And that's how we started as an EPC contractor uh, doing solar. So then we were in charge of all the engineering, procurement, installation commissioning and then we started offering operations and maintenance services at the end of it so our, our group did all the engineering all the procurement uh, then we did all the civil work did so grading roads uh, fence pile driving wow. mechanical installation electrical installation all the commissioning startup and then we offer the O&M service at the end so take care of it and keep that asset running for that customer so that group has really grown over the yeah. last
1: <laughs> beginning uh, to end four, four years. Get all that? yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, man. Well, that's cool in the sense, um, you know, I, I'm picking up on a few things in the sense you expanded your business by listening to your customer and basically them asking you, hey, can you do this? Even though if you haven't done it before, you'll figure it out and do it, right? GSD. And yeah, yeah. There's a, I think that's kind of a rare thing out there. It's like, how many people would be asked that question? Hey, can you do this for me? Uh, I think that, that nine out of 10 Uh, people are going to say something like, no, we can't do that. However, you know, call this guy,
1: he can do it for you. Exactly.
0: And they refer it out. But you guys are uh, expanding in services per client demand, which is a unique, smart approach to it, I think.
2: Absolutely. And and it's a lot of fun. I mean, last year, uh, the electrical contracting side of the business, we acted as a GC for a customer uh, called us on a Labor Day week. This is this is actually a pretty funny story. So Megan came to work for us uh, in marketing, and uh, you know, never had a marketing person before. It has been the funnest experience we've we've had. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it we have so much fun. She's in the room, doesn't like to talk, but who <laughs> <Megan, laughs> Uh, so she came on board, helped us with website and content development. And it was really, our marketing was all about attracting people. It wasn't so much the customers, because for us, we just need talent. Mm-hmm. We need talented people, and then the customers kind of follow. Because oh. when you have good good people, right? The
1: customers want to work they, with you then.
2: Well, right, you want to yeah. work with good people, right? So it was really marketing based on recruiting to get okay. talent. Okay. And we had a customer that found us on Google, Right, which Megan knows the Google algorithms to get yeah. you to show up. Right, sure. guy finds us on Google. We go to this industrial plant, have an interview with him. He went really good. We had a great conversation with him. Hadn't done any work yet, and he calls me on Labor Day weekend, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, hey, so this is so and so. I got a problem. I need your help." I'm like, "All right, what what do you got?" You know, <laughs> he said, "Well, we had a forklift run through a wall at the plant, and uh, it took out a bunch of our electrical lines, and yeah, I, I just need help." Oh I'm no! Like, All right. And and then it was, oh, I need a structural engineer. Can you help me with that? Yep, I got one for you. Don't have any structural engineers, but (laughs) called a structural engineer that I I know. He came, you know, that night, helped him out and, uh, you know, coordinated that and everything was good. And I get a call the next day and, all right, what are we going to do about this wall? Like, what are we going to do about this wall? What do you mean by we? I got you, your structural engineer. What do you you need? Well, I need you to take care of this for me. I don't don't know enough people. I don't know how to get this done. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we can do that for you. sure. (laughs) So I started calling scaffolding contractors and trying to figure out how I'm gonna help help this guy get this figured out. Had a pipe fitting contractor, scaffold contractor, a general contractor, you know, somebody that could do block work. And we all assemble at this plant the next morning and we're looking at it, and I'm like, Holy crap, what are we gonna do here? I mean, the forklift's still like under the wall as it's oh, collapsing. No. There's all these electrical lines running down it and, and caustic lines and hydraulic lines and what a mess. We sat down, brainstormed an idea, went back, told them, all right, this is what we're going to do to shore up the wall, to keep it from collapsing and shutting your plant down, and here's how we're going to demo the wall out, and uh, what do you think? You know, How much is it going to cost? I'm like, hip shot a number? All right, get to work. <laughs> so there, there <laughs> we were acting as a general contractor to uh, take care of it. And, and I mean, we got that wall demoed out, Thank, I mean, thanks to all of our talented people and all of our uh, partners that helped us. But uh, rented them storage trailers to store because they had pallet racking along these walls, and coordinated all this effort for them. Kept the plant running. You know, it was during wow. COVID time, and it was uh, Crazy. you know
1: an essential related business.
2: to the food industry at yeah. the same oh. time. So they had to keep it running. So we kept them running the entire time. Had a few little <laughs> shutdowns to tie some stuff over, but got everything demoed out. And you know that just. That's what we do, right? Yeah. There's nothing that we won't do or can't do and, and uh, had nothing to do with electrical contracting. There was a small portion of the project that did, yeah. but the rest of it was just, again, taking care of your customer, providing good service.
1: That's phenomenal. Well,
2: that could be your fourth division, general contractor. Right. Okay. We, we act as a general a lot for our customers. So if, if a project has more, uh, the scope, the electrical scope is, is almost more than anything else. Then we end up being the one we okay. act as the general and,
0: okay.
2: you know, sub the building construction, sub civil work or self-perform and all HVAC, you name it. So.
0: cool. uh, you mentioned hard work. Your dad is a hard worker. According to Jason, you're a hard worker. You don't get much sleep. What's your typical day? Like what time do you get up? What, what, what's your morning routine? So How late do you work? Do you want to get home? That
2: That's changed over the years. Uh, it used to be hundred hour <laughs> weeks was the norm. I mean, I did Jeez. that for 10 years and I, I, mean, I just drove, it was up at four 30 and, and, uh, work, worked all day out in the field. And then you came home and you did, you know, had dinner with, with the family and then you were back at it doing bids and, and, uh, you know, project management or whatever it was. But as we've grown and my roles changed and I wasn't traveling as much and started having kids, you know, that, to me, family is the most important thing in the world. Okay. So, if, if you don't put your focus on that, you, you're doing it wrong. So, as I've been able to add people uh, and uh, help take some of that stuff off my plate, my my day has changed a lot. Um, I, I still get up early. I still work a little bit before the kids get up, and I get my kids ready for school, uh, get them off to school, and then I'm out in the office and or I'm traveling uh, days if I don't have my kids and I'm I'm flying somewhere to meet customers. And
0: okay, okay, what's the future look like?
2: Uh, the future is bright. Yeah. I said, we got, we, got a, we got a ton of talent. More talent comes in the door every day. So now our future is
3: exciting. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And circling back on something Carl had mentioned, I think it's important to note, uh, um, one of the things I'm most proud about KE is, and, and we talked about Megan, you know, director of marketing. She, uh, she kind of leads this initiative uh, along with Tiffany and a couple others in our office, but um, very hard to find talent. So when Carl said the future is bright and we're trying to find good people, we start at the kindergarten level. No joke, we are we are we are. First of all, kudos to Carl for his significant financial investment into the local schools, all the way down to the kindergarten level. You know, he's committed over half a million dollars over ten years to to this initiative to bring trades throughout all the way down. So, so we actually a bunch of people within the KE office uh, go to the kindergartens, dressed up, high vis vest, hard hat, and read. Children's books, books. Okay. and they all get a copy of the book That's and cool. something they can take home. And the schools in the Goodhue area and surrounding area that we go to, how many How many schools do we? Seven. Seven, seven different schools. And, uh, I mean, the reception has been incredible. So as you get further along in high school, we give out toolkits, mm. you know, so as they're oh, old enough to wow. understand this stuff. So real practical stuff. and. And uh, just a lot of great initiatives that uh, that Megan is is focused on getting the trades. It's Operation Trades Awareness is is what we're doing and um, trying to get in front of these these kids, letting them know Carl's previous point that there's nothing wrong with being a wrencher. Right. Crafts people, it is one hell of a living that they can make. Um, you graduate from high school four years later, you're a journeyman electrician making well more than than a lot of people are, and you're debt-free doing it. Amen.
1: So. Yeah. You know, so often kids like that get left behind, you know, in the school system if they're not focused on, you know, their standard courses. And I don't know, I was one of those kids and I never quite fit into the, I tried really hard, but I never really quite fit into the that role of the shining student, you know, and I couldn't imagine if somebody would have introduced me to a trade way back then, you know, how cool that would have been.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We went way too many years in our public school system saying college is for everyone. You have to go to college. You have to go to college. It's complete BS. And we're finally starting to see a shift, right? And, And you're finally starting to see people talk about it more in more programs out there really pushing trades and people seeing, like, God, that's a really good career. I could do that. And yeah, you're gonna come out zero debt, make over a hundred thousand dollars a year within probably four years of graduating high school.
1: Yeah, crazy advancement.
2: And have a, an amazing career. And then you can you got your pick, and now you can be like, Yeah, now I want to get back into and go to school, maybe, and and get an engineering degree, or I'm gonna work my way into a management type. It's not like I have to work out in right. the field forever, but if, right. if you like that and want to do it, you can. So our Operation Trades Awareness Program started. I mean, it was really just a brainstorming session that me and Megan and a few others in the office had of how do we give back to our community, right? We we mm-hmm. we're, we're in these communities. We employ all these people. How how can we do more, right? How do how do we give back? And I don't know. It was just a brainstorming thing of okay, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I love kids. You know, I, I being with kids and and teaching kids and watching them learn and grow is is rewarding. And I don't know. It was three four different meetings of what are we going to do? And we just started coming up with this. All right, well, how about this? And well, how about this? And what we ended with was our, our program. Now we go, so we partnered with seven local schools to start uh, around the Goodyear area. So it's about 700 kids per class total. And the kindergartners get a book, uh, a construction book that an author out of Duluth area uh, wrote. An amazing book. We go in, we read them the book, and then they get a copy to take home, right? Mm-hmm. So now they've got a little bit of construction in their lives right, right away. Yeah. they also get a flyer. That goes home to the parents, basically talking about the trades and not, you know, at all the trades and what a career looks like and what a life can be for their kid to start getting them thinking that maybe maybe I don't need to go to college. Maybe I don't need to listen to all this. You have to go to college, like stuff mm-hmm. that's coming at them, right? Yeah. So then we take eighth graders. That was the next class we picked. They get to go on a field trip to a solar site. So coordinate with one of our developers that we work for and we're going to bring all these kids out to a solar site and they get to see what goes into it right so from the engineering side to the civil and the pile driving and mechanical install electrical install and the maintenance and they get that same flyer right and Uh that goes home to the parents and to the kid and gets them thinking oh god this looks pretty cool because at the end of the day construction is freaking cool right the stuff we get to see and build and do is amazing right it's way better than sitting in an office staring at a computer
1: Yeah. yeah, and there was right. such a stigma. Like when I was younger, there was such a stigma attached to construction. It was like, uh, if you can't make it in school, then you yeah. go that way. Yeah, that's, But mm-hmm. it's complete bullshit. It should be, you know, I mean, I know some of the smartest people that are in the construction industries. I mean, we've interviewed quite a few.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've always heard too, like for those people that don't know what to do with their lives, the the guys get into construction and the women cut hair.
1: Yeah, know. right. But, exactly. Uh, and I know a lot of successful hairdressers, stylists, I guess they like to be called now. But I know a lot that are, you know, they own buildings and they rent chairs and they, you know, they're excellent also. But that's a trade.
2: Yeah. And there's a another ton of, trade. ton of women coming into construction too, which is yes. awesome. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the industry is changing and it's, it, it, it is just yes. so much fun. I cannot stress how fun construction is in in the automation engineering electrical contracting you you name it it's in the renewable energy market is great too because you're you're working outside you get to travel the country and you get to touch all these different pieces you're not stuck of oh i'm an electrician or or i'm a a, a millwright i mean we we got crews that touch it from tip to tail right so they're digging running equipment digging underground trenches pulling cable uh then they might be building the mechanical side you know Mm -hmm. two weeks later and then they might Get into the own M group and get to perform testing and maintenance, and so it's just endless possibilities.
0: I like the route your your dad took. I had some friends do it that way too. They go work in a particular trade, and then they they get the experience and the know how, and uh, they end up buying their own truck or van and going in the business yeah. for themselves and growing it from there.
3: You know, and I think that's a smart way to do it.
1: I know a lot of success stories that happen that way.
3: I, I will tell you it. <laughs> You know, people ask uh, some of the challenges with Carl, right? It's a—it's uh, it's funny because he is so, the whole company, I mean, we're so people-focused that down in his community, he's got, born and raised in Goodhue, so all the connections that he has, he'll find 18, 19-year-old who may, may or may not have done well in school. He doesn't really care. They came from a farming family, hard work. Mm-hmm. He pops into my office, he goes, this kid's name, hire him. Thank you. <laughs> and then I, I maybe have about a five, six hour grace period where he'll check back in. Do we have an offer to him yet? I'm like, I'm like Carl, I got to f- figure out where, I don't care where we're going to put him. You know, I don't care where we're going to hire him, hire him. You know, so it, it's, it's a challenge, but it's one of the most exciting things that I get to do and, and our team gets to do. Cause when you find somebody really good, right person, right seat. And you're like, man, this kid's just got a work ethic that can't be beat. Hire him. You know, when we, that's a lot of fun having, having right. that. Sometimes it's not fun if I have a couple of meetings and I didn't get to getting the <laughs> offer letter out, but, right. uh, um, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes to what, you know, the direction the business is going and trying to find that talent. And I've always been, my creole, if you will, is attitude and aptitude.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: I, I, have a hard time training attitude.
2: Yes,
1: bus. you can't train ethics.
3: Yeah, you, you, there are, sir, I can train aptitude. I can, the skill side of it all day long, but you find somebody with a good work ethic, good attitude, and, you know, they're probably going to be on the KE bus at some time. So, yeah, we, we have made a lot of hires of people that
2: we, we yeah. just had an interview with them. And I'm like, you're awesome. You're hired. And they're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to have you do, but I just like you. You will fit this culture and you're going to do good things. We'll figure out what you're going to do later. Wow. Uh. And there's a ton of them that are still here. I, I, I can't think of one that I've hired that way who's not still with the company. And they probably had three <clears throat> jobs since then, right? Yeah. But it's just kind of running them through to find. I mean, a, a good person is a good person at the yeah. end. Of it, I mean, you just you can't pay people to care, right? They just you, They care because they feel a purpose in what they're doing and, and you know
3: what sure. what they're in, and it just right. yeah, it's it, a lot of fun. And I think from a, a true business perspective, one of the things, Carl's always said to me, that stuck with me. This was a couple of years he used this phrase with me. And, you know, you always try to explain your, your philosophy of managing a business, right? And, and I've come from past life. I've worked for massive uh, publicly traded companies uh, and all the way down to privately held companies. And one of the things Carl always said when we talked about managing an office and managing people, um, you don't win the game by staring at the scoreboard. Mm. So a lot, of, a lot of companies have a very difficult time Uh, finding talent and keeping talent and keeping customers happy. And they'll just drive the analytics and drive numbers to a point where people just feel like that's all they are is just a number. And it's all about profitability. It's all about this. Well, our philosophy is extraordinarily different. And the biggest thing that pisses him off more than anything is an unhappy customer and an unhappy employee. Are we talking to our people? Are we talking to our customers? Because at the end of the day, the numbers are going to come out well if you focus, focus on those on two areas yeah. the numbers are going to be fantastic sure but you start driving analytics and you start driving numbers not that numbers are important i mean we, we have to look at that stuff right but what room does that stay in versus what are what message are we trying to pump down to our folks they're important our customers are important and you know it speaks to our core values that's that's what it's all about there's our people so
2: yeah. I'm a, I'm a big gut feel, go with my gut if I don't yeah. go with my gut. So when I got my appendix out, I was pretty nervous. I'm like, God, I hope it wasn't the piece <laughs> that, that always had my intuition, right? <laughs> oh my do- God, I love it. I gave yeah. the doctor a hard time about that. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't take my Still intuition works. with yeah. my gut feeling there.
2: It served you well, apparently. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it works. I'm I'm not a numbers, I'm not a data analytics person. I never, I don't. We don't run the business off a spreadsheet. Never have, never yeah. will. Right? It's you, you. Take care of your people. Take care of your customers. Everything else works out. It's. Yeah. I just read a saying. Said uh,
0: something like, "I speak to God through prayer. God speaks to me through intuition, right? My gut feelings. So yeah." Yeah, it's a I good can one. relate. All right, so we are approaching 42 minutes. And uh, before we wrap this up, is there anything else you want to bring up regarding KE that we didn't touch on already?
2: I would say anybody out there listening that's looking for a great place to work where you fit in and uh, you feel like you have a purpose and want to make a difference, uh, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you.
0: Yeah, I feel comfortable working here. I think I'm about ready to sell my business.
1: You want to jump on board?
0: Yeah, I want to go build shit. I've got to ask whatever.
1: did you guys like playing Legos as a kid because when I look at those big panels, when, oh, panels yeah. Reminds you of Legos? It, yeah it reminds me of a whole bunch of little Legos put together I, like, I
3: was a Lego guy in, in Lincoln Logs do you yeah remember?
1: I figured that too yeah. I figured oh. that too Building it, it, shit. The
0: only thing I used the Lincoln Logs for was the catapult effect,
2: you know? <laughs> 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 <Yeah. Logic>. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. that's your creative side. <laughs> yeah. I
2: usually couldn't sit still long enough to play Legos. I was moving. I was yeah, outside.
1: that was my thing. I, I never got into Legos. It was too, too many little pieces, too much. I had a big old world out there to explore. And mm-hmm. yeah, I never got into Legos, but those really remind me of a bunch of little Legos. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: I think that the only other thing I'd want to add is just to all the parents, teachers, guidance counselors, even students out there, don't don't take uh uh you have to go to college approach yeah. to to make something with your life. You only get one yes. life. You need yeah. to be happy, you need to have fulfillment. Trades are an amazing place. Uh in I mean, college is great too for the right, right, the right, right uh, for the right person. The right person, but right. there is nothing wrong with going into the trades. And uh we like to promote that as much as we can and Again, construction is cool. It's a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, Exactly.
1: Do what you love and the money will follow.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, if somebody's looking to get a hold of us, keway.com, check out the website. To Carl's point, if there is a teacher, guidance counselor, somebody out there that I'd love to come speak to the class. Uh, We do it all the time. Yeah, You know, if they're like, you know, we've got construction courses or project management courses. And we actually, I was just in Mankato State a couple weeks ago speaking to their construction management team. Cool. Um, about that's opportunities awesome. in the business. And I'll, I'm happy to do it at the high school level if, if they feel they want to learn more and what opportunities are out there. And yeah,
2: we love going in and talking to kids and, and speaking in classes and telling them what uh, the industry is all about and how to get involved. So, yeah, absolutely. Understanding
3: that thing. career path. What does that look like? You know, they had, to Carl's point, they have this idea that they're always going to be doing this. If I become a plumber or an electrician, that's all I'm ever going to do. That's that's you're welcome to. There are folks that that's what they love. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a tremendous career path and career potential in the trades. And that's what we like speaking to. Yeah. Or they have this
2: this fallacy that, oh, an electrician is going to wire houses and hang lights. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's there so much yeah, more to the right? industry and what we do. No, you're going to see how things are made, how things are built. You're going to ride a slip form to 130 foot in the air while they're pouring concrete nonstop for 10 days. When you're stacking conduits inside there, and you know, yeah. wire wind wind towers and solar fields, and see wow. food food production facilities. And yeah. I mean, we get it, the stuff that we get to see is is crazy, amazing.
3: When when are you starting, Jason? Yeah. Uh,
2: well, I, I gotta I gotta check on a few things, but uh,
3: well we have to check our gut feel on YouTube. All
0: right, listeners, check them out. K-E-Way, and that's W A Y dot com. Again, K E Way dot com. Carl, Jason, I appreciate your time. Your future's bright. Congratulations on all your success up to this point, man. Uh, thanks again.
2: Thank you. Thank you, guys.
0: That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.